Uh, I'm just wanted to say welcome you all to this morning's session. I better stay here. Welcome all to this morning's session. You're all looking remarkably bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I think appearances can be deceptive, I suppose. Um, just before we start, uh, are you okay on this table? I'm just thinking of the practicalities with the sun in your face. Is that all right? You're all right. You're okay. That's fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand over to Jonathan to introduce. Are there any problems that you want to raise about accommodation? Anything that you think we, we could help you with? Everyone happy? Right. Okay. I'll pass you over to Jonathan. Hi, good morning everybody. I'm just picking up on that last bit about um, some sort of domestics. Paul is still saying that if you want to sign up for a workshop, please do sign up for a workshop. And he's making a sign that says something like, it's over there, folks. So there's a sign-up sheet over there, so if you want to sign up for a workshop, please do so. And then he'll be able to arrange it, um, arrange the dispositions of said workshops. Um, Last, last night, yesterday, we were thinking about um, prong one of what this conference is constructed under. Um, prong one for pre- preparation, when we obviously heard about the, the, the training courses. And a little bit later on in the day, we'll get to practice what it's like in the parish. And if you like, here we're in the, maybe the meat in the sandwich. Um, what's it like, the planning, and you've got the title up there, local ministry, your story, and, and ours. How is it in the diocese? What do we do for planning? And to lead us, uh, we have a, a strong team from, uh, from Hereford Diocese, pleased to say, home team. Um, we've got Rob Daybon here, who used to be in Litchfield Diocese, Director of Local Ministry, and is now uh, Vice Principal of, of Wentec. And also stepping up in due course will be John Daniels, who is more, both of them are more well known to you than they are to me, but John Daniels <coughs> is now Director of uh, Local Ministry, Local Ministry Office in, in Hereford, and came to us from Bradford, where he was doing a similar job. He actually came with a slightly strange little title. <coughs> the press release said, um, a Welsh speaker from Bradford is going to be... <coughs> So that's the sort of mixed language. We, we noted the importance of language yesterday, so maybe uh, he'll be able to steer us through some of the tricky language that sometimes local ministry finds itself admired in. But for now, can I hand over to Rob Dabon, who will take us through. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. As Jonathan said, during the morning we're going to be looking first at our own experiences of local ministry in our own diocese and the support our diocese have given us in developing local ministry, collaborative ministry, shared ministry, whatever you like to call it. And then uh, later on in the morning we'll be looking at Hereford Diocese as an example of modelling, developing and implementing a diocesan strategy for local ministry. But I'm going to begin by asking you to do some work in your table groups. Uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is to go around the table and to ask each member of the, for the convenience, to ask each member of the group in turn what their experience is of what diocesan support they have received for local ministry. What has the diocese done to support you and your colleagues in developing local ministry in your church or churches? Now, you're going to have a full three minutes each to do this, Um, so I'm going to have about 20 minutes for this, alright, then we'll move on to the next thing. So please just think, and ready to come back with a focused focused contribution um, in your tables. What support have we received from the classes in developing local ministry where we are? Okay, three minutes each.
Okay, if you could please just draw your conversations to a close for a moment. What I'd like to do is to ask you to move on and for the next ten minutes to discuss, discuss together what you have learned as you've listened to each other. What are the key points you've learned as you've listened to each other sharing your experiences of local ministerial support in your diocese? What I'd like to ask each table to do is to come back with, with up to three points that you can share in plenary afterwards. It doesn't have to be three, it could be one or two if you like, but up to three points that you can share in plenary after ten minutes. Okay, so together just put your heads together. What are the main points you've learned out of what you shared? And have up to three points ready, please, to share in plenary in ten minutes' time. Thank you. has kindly agreed to describe for us. I guess we're going around the tables asking for your points. Remember what we're looking for are points that summarise what you've learned from talking about your experience of your diocese's support for local ministry. So we're looking for points that summarise what you've learned. Can I start with table one, which is somewhere over here, table one? Hey, right. Table one, could you just give us one? For the moment, may I come back to you? Just give us one to begin with. Um, the importance of communication um, from top down and bottom up, um, and that includes appropriate language and understanding of concepts. Mm, thank you. Table two, could you give us one? Our groups come up with a question as a result of this. Yep. But is there an extent to which there's a difference between dioceses that focus on local ministry development, which is corporate and creating a culture of local ministry, and those that focus on OLM schemes, which may have more of a stress on individuals in preparation for authorised ministry? Thank you. Both a question and a point, really. Um, do you get all that, John? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, table three, could you give us one? Piece of wisdom, yeah. We were aware of the uh, importance of resources, both financial and personnel, to actually do the work of accompanying and, and uh, working out yeah. what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Table four, just one, please. Just one. The problem of the new pharaoh who doesn't remember Joseph. Mm, uh, the new pharaoh, indeed, yes, yes, a persistent problem, yes, thank the you. System, the new bishop, the new archdeacons, the whatever. And the new vicar, yeah. The new vicar yeah. just doesn't understand how it, it was set up to work, whatever. And yeah. We'll come back to you um, for other points later on. I just want to get, allow every table to get at least one point in. Table five, is that next? Okay. Sorry? <laughs> um, experiences varied, as I'm sure everyone has found, but uh, we thought times are different now to ten years ago. There's no point in complaining. We need to find our support where we can. Mm. 
thank you. Yes. Voice of realism there. Thank you. And table six. The importance of um, setting an atmosphere from the top down uh, in, in which the bottom up can bubble and feel comfortable. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Table seven. Uh, our theory was that the success of fostering collaborative ministry often depended on a good diagnostic assessment by someone skilled in the level of need in the areas to which they were going to work. Yes. Or actually they tried to just suggest a one-size-fits-all model. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, yes. Yeah. So the diagnosis inspired by context is what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. The table eight? Um, first thing put down, anyway. Uh, the fear of everything going out of control that is, um, was, seemed to be a sort of recurrent issue, um, and that relates to change of personnel in positions of gross authority. Yeah. You know, diocesan leaders, new vicars. Um, and we had evidence where it can actually lead to a very abrupt withdrawal of support for collaborative ventures. Thank you. Yeah, so nervous new pharaohs, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, table one, have you got something else? Yeah. And uh, thought nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Table two. <laughs> You've got the, we've got your three points in. Thank you. Table three. The importance of flexible lay training and not the view that the only training that you can do as a lay person is to be a reader. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which of course brings up the resources issue that you mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Table four. For the development of local ministry, the, the context in which you're working has helped to shape things. And local ministry has been strong and grown in the diocese with rural group ministries where it was a necessity from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's less strong in other places. And that, that then affects the inflection of things across the, the country in various dioceses. <laughs> So what was the beginning of that sentence again? Sort of the, the different contexts have helped to shape local ministry. Yeah. And also behind that, there's the interesting question, isn't there, as to how far local ministry de- development is fuelled by vision or by necessity. Yes, exactly. yeah. A mixture yeah, of the two. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Table five, I think we're on next. Um, you talked about there's something there about money and resources and we talked about that but the need then also for and more importantly really for the will from the diocese but when we spoke about it we talked about um, collaborative uh, working is not a tick box it's not just one thing that you do it needs to pervade everything and to have a culture of that whereby it underpins all that's and by that you mean a diocesan level as well as a local level. Yeah, yeah. Good. Important. Thank you. Table six. Anything to add? Um, I suppose we could just say that uh, actually ministry belongs to Christ, not to the diocese. Good to log that along the way. Thank you. <laughs> Table seven. I'd rather run after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was 
we're beginning to get into territory where we're repeating, but yeah. when there was sufficient availability of skilled training support, yes. because, uh, it's, not many dancers actually train trainers. Yeah. Yeah. And table eight. I think I'm going to try and combine two into one if I can. Um, we, we were aware in this mixed picture that, that um, support looks very different from very different perspectives and in different contexts. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, whether you have a massive structure which eventually collapses mm. or whether you have next to nothing, what really matters is that the enterprise those involved in the enterprise are loved rather than tolerated. Thank you. I'm just going to go around again and ask each table if, if there's one last thing that's important that we missed that we need to add. So, table one. Yes, that's a slightly different thing. It's about actually having the full active support of senior staff, which is, makes a big, huge difference. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Table two. Nothing to add. Table three. From Sorry. Evidence, we've spoken about um, applied diagnosis and strategies, but also almost self-invented projects and yes. how the two relate, good and bad yes. aspects. Yes, and hopefully there's the potential for both to flourish alongside each other, isn't there? Okay, table four, anything to add? You used the top down, bottom up phrase before, but we came at that one from the, the point of view of the, the sort of conflicts that happen. Uh, dioceses tell parishes or deaneries to come up with a plan from the bottom, you come up with a plan and you're told you've got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to reorganise your parishes this way. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Um, the diocese tells you you've got to do local ministry this way rather than the way you want to do it, and so yes. on. You know, the, yeah. the not letting the local yes. flourish. Yeah. You know, those, those sort of conflicts. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, table five. Anything to add? Well, we were just wondering whether the notion of episcopate helps. The, the sense of not talking about top and bottom, but the kind of elasticity that moves freely between the local and the wider, so that you gradually come to a common spirituality, a common kind of picture, given different contexts and given the, the possibilities limited by resources as well as made possible by resources. Mm. So that there's a sense of there isn't a competition. I mean, back in the 1920s, Roland Allen was talking about mm. the essential need of the local for the benign support of the, of the bishop and, yes. and, and so on. Um, but then the local has to also be ordered within the episcopate of the whole diocese. Yeah. Just pulling all of that together, yeah. which I think is where local ministry can... It is more, it's more helpful to manage to talk about local church and wider church, isn't it, rather than bottom up and top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I also think we should stop using the term diocese in the way in which people do it. So, I mean, what I say to my folk in my diocese is you're actually the diocese. You need yes. to be specific. Yes. Certain decision makers 
I'm not the diocese guy in the work in the diocesan offices. They are the diocese, or we together are. But it's a reframing Yes, it's encouraging a shift away from the diocese as institution to diocese as primarily community, isn't it? Hopefully. Yeah, but I still think it should actually be specific in terms of the decision, certain decision makers, or you know whether it's diocesan councils, yes. staff, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Table six. Anything to add? I think it was just simply something about the extreme vulnerability of schemes and the effect um, of those changes that might happen. On, on the local church, the destructive capacity change to really Yes, yes, it's not necessarily comfortable. It may be better, but it's not necessarily easier. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, table seven. Anything that we need to add? Uh, just to reinforce the the value of variety, and especially bearing in mind organisations like Structure to be able to work. Oh, yeah. is to yes, yes, yes. And the temptation always for the, the organisation to want to have some degree of uniformity and control. Yes. Yeah. And table eight. Anything we need to add from your discussion? If I may, I think it's only that, 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 that there is a certain worry that if you sort of have such a such a put such a premium on diversity and context, you end up with every situation being unique, and that is actually totally stultifying. Uh, uh, somehow or another you have to use mapping, some kind of mapping that helps you to understand what the dynamics are in different situations and to be sensitive in responding accordingly yeah. which, okay. which is both to challenge the monolithic model imposed from somewhere yeah. and a kind of laissez-faire we should pick yeah. up on that. Pick up on Yes, exactly. Yes, the use of episcopate to actually yeah. hold the two together. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you very much. Um, we'll return to those a bit later in the morning uh, and reflect on them in the process of our, of our uh, continuing discussion. And I'm going to hand over to John, who's going to talk us through an example of the development of uh, local ministry in a particular context. Thank you. Okay. All right, thank you. Should we close the curtain here, do you think? By the way, I, I hope you get the illusion. <laughs> if you don't, uh, ask somebody else on the table next to you. Um, right. So, local ministry in, in Hereford. Well, um, where is Hereford? You may be asking yourself, where is Hereford? I says, whatever it is for you, it, it uh, comprises Herefordshire, South Shropshire, parts of Worcestershire, and Wales, you see. So I'm pushing for us to rebrand ourselves as the International Diocese of Hereford. But uh, I may have an uphill task, I don't know. How many people? About 290,000. Now, I don't know how many there are in your diocese, the diocese that you've come from, I suspect is probably quite a lot more than that. Um, it's a deeply, deeply rural diocese on the whole with um, a string of market towns going down the middle and one or two larger population centres, but on the whole a deeply rural diocese. We have an excess of 400 churches dotted around the diocese and uh, this is where my figures aren't as exact as they might be, but we have something of the order of 70 benefices and tea ministries. 
think it's about that much, isn't it? I look at the bishop very nervously at this juncture. <laughs> so you work that out. I mean, not all the churches are, are separate parishes, but most of them are. We've got 300 plus parishes. You work out, therefore, that the average size of a, of a, of a, of a tea ministry or of a benefice, your average benefice in Herophodiasis is a, is a bunch of maybe about half a dozen or so tiny hamlets and villages with a total population of maybe a thousand or a couple of thousand, something like that. Uh, you turn up uh, to take a, a morning service on a Sunday morning in one of these, uh, as, as I do, because uh, I fill in here and there, and uh, there's maybe half a dozen of you there, but you're still representing a more healthy percentage of the local population than most parish congregations in this country at the moment, because the settlement sizes are so small that actually if you've got ten people in the congregation, it's, you know, it's revival. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you saw it in the right way, uh, it could appear as such. But nevertheless, significant stresses for uh, ministry and for mission in any kind of traditional form where we're at the back of our heads at least still working with the idea that you know, one parish equals one uh, vicar equals one stipend. I mean, that was a model that went out long ago in, in somewhere like Hereford. So the large rural multi-parish benefice is the norm for us. And um, I don't want to know about that. Thank you. So when I applied for this post about a couple of years ago, um, I was sent a bunch of paperwork, and in it was, among other things, a vision statement, and it read like this. The Diocese of Hereford seeks to share God's love in community and world so that in all our activities we show Jesus Christ to those around us. I think that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Not bad. And uh, some key strategic areas were identified uh, stemming from that. And uh, you'll be heartened, as I was, to notice that local ministry is there right at the top. And, um, of course, our strategic thinking as a diocese is an ongoing task, as I'm sure it is in, in, in all our contexts. And something that had just appeared a couple of years ago was this, um, 2015 onward, which was some strategic thinking about what's going to happen, particularly looking at the year 2015 as a particular kind of, kind of focal date, looking at the number of retirements, for instance, that were coming up amongst our stipendiary clergy. Uh, conscious of the fact that not all of these large rural multi-parish benefices have got a string of applicants lining up to serve there when they do fall vacant, uh, and therefore reaffirming the essential need, really, to um, encourage and make possible the shared ministry of all God's people in these very diverse places. And if you want to do take away a copy of this and you know, read, mark, learn, inwardly digest, there's a bunch of copies on top of the piano, uh, as there are uh, a few copies of a document which was a follow-up to that and a bunch of um, local ministry stuff from uh, the diocese which you're welcome to take away and um, interrogate constructively. All right. So there we are. There's uh, the city of Hereford for you, the cathedral um, in the background, the River Wye in the foreground. The local ministry scheme in Hereford Diocese began in the mid-90s, uh, during, uh, after the arrival of Jill Sumner from uh, Oxford Diocese. And the key ingredient from the word go in uh, local ministry was the formation of what we now call a local ministry development group, usually on a benefits basis. Originally they were called local ministry teams. Uh, the development bit was put in there simply to stress the fact that you know, the, the group isn't there to do all the ministry on behalf of everyone else as a kind of glorified vicar, but rather is there to develop the ministry of all God's people in that place, and is therefore as, as a tool, if you will, in a sense, as a kind of an instrument to, to that end. 
Uh, and that was the, the understanding of the local ministry team from the word go. Um, and uh, as I said earlier, really because of the deeply rural character of our diocese as a whole and the fact that you know, in order to have a, a quorum of people to do anything pretty much, you have to work on a benefits level. These groups have generally been assembled uh, on that level, on a benefits level. The training initially, and I think this was typical of many of the earlier uh, local ministry schemes, were very front-loaded. If you wanted to set up a local ministry development group, if you wanted to become a local ministry benefice, then you had to do a whole bunch of training, which included the kind of bishop certificate type course that we had, uh, uh, very prominent in the life of the diocese at the time, Framework for Faith, and a bunch of other sort of follow-on courses that had to do with ethics and pastoral care and evangelism, and, 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 and excellent resources they were. Um, the part of the reason for that was that in the uh, early stages of the local ministry scheme, there was a perceived priority of creating a context in which ordained local ministry could emerge. And again, this will ring lots of bells with many of us here. Uh, and at the time, there was a requirement implicitly that if, if any individual from a local ministry team emerged as a, as a potential OLM, they needed to have had some accredited prior learning in, in the form of the kind of collective um, uh, training that had been offered to the whole group. So, so the, what that meant in practice was that there was a lot of front-loaded uh, training that went in there right from the word go. Some parishes loved that. Uh, from what I'm told, some parishes uh, reluctantly kind of brought into local ministry despite the fact that they were going to have to do all this valley training that they didn't see much point in. Um, and others said, sorry, we'd love to go down the local ministry route, but, but well, we can't. We just can't be doing with all this stuff, so we're not going to even try. Um, then, during the time of my predecessor as local ministry officer, uh, Graham Ernie, the training package was revised in order to better meet the needs of the group itself. Not that OLM disappears, we still have OLM, it's, it's, it's at the heart of uh, our aspirations for the future as a diocese strategically, um, but it's it, it, it ceased to have the determining character as regards the pattern of provision uh, for the support of the team that it used to have. So back in around 2005 under Graham, what happened was there was a, a shift. So the, the uh, ministry and indeed the mission of the church was more explicitly uh, thematized as being the aim of the training that was made uh, available uh, to uh, LMDGs. Uh, the admission to the scheme was made more accessible. You didn't have to do all these courses any longer. Um, and on the back of that, as I went to see Graham recently, and he shared with me that uh, when he was first appointed, he was challenged to double the number of local ministry development groups within five years. I hadn't realised that the culture of targets was uh, alive and well in Hereford Diocese until I had that conversation with him. There were 13 such benefices, local ministry benefices, in existence when he took over in 2002. Today there are, I think, my math is correct, 32 or thereabouts. So you're getting off about half the benefices in our diocese now uh, have got local ministry, official diocesan local ministry status, which as we know is the very best kind of status you can possibly have. <laughs> So, recent changes, the story goes on. Here's a picture of a, a local ministry development group. Um, Socialising, I think. They, I don't think they usually meet with wine around the table. Um, I should say that this, this part of the talk was meant to be given by um, one of our um, 
somebody else from our diocese, and this was her local ministry development group. Unfortunately, she's had a funeral today she had to go to. Um, but this was, um, this was one of the pictures she was going to show you. So it's not all hard work. Um, so one of the significant changes that's happened for us as a diocese, uh, and this happened about getting on for three years ago now, I guess, was the relocation of local ministry, lay development, and continuing ministerial development under one physical roof uh, at the diocesan offices in Ludlow. So from that point onwards, a, there was very much a vision, I think, underpinning that of closer integration between these different functions in the life of the diocese in any event. Previously, um, people had been dispersed between Ludlow and Hereford, which is you know, like three quarters of a, an hour apart, really. And uh, although people were doing their best to work together, I mean, there, there are limits to how far as possible when you're working together in a geographically dispersed kind of way. And we've recently revised the equipping process for local ministry development groups. Uh, again, I'm not going to go through that in any detail, simply to say that um, we have a 24-hour induction uh, we have uh, a, tra- a training program which is very much based on the action reflection model so uh, Martin's comments yesterday about how do you help people to continue learning in appropriate ways after they've finished their, uh, their front loaded training is something which uh, has exercised me greatly and so the model that we work with is again which will be familiar to many of us will, is to do with the, the attachment of a facilitator companion to a new uh, group Uh, who then acts as a critical friend, but also every so often says, wouldn't it be good, given that we're thinking about this kind of issue in our our context at the moment, wouldn't it be good if we did some structured reflection on this? And wouldn't you know it, there's actually a topic in the manual that deals with exactly that. So uh, it's it's about a balance of trying to encourage people to engage with some... um, informed reflection on their, on their activities without, on the other hand, feeling that they're sort of hugely overburdened with a bunch of stuff that the relevance of which isn't immediately apparent to them at the time. Uh, the get-together days. Yes, every so often, every once or twice a year, all the teams in the diocese are invited to get together on a diocesan or maybe an archdeaconry basis, and they're very popular. People love going to them, and it's, that's, the agenda will vary from time to time, but again, many of us will be familiar with this, and the main thing really is the, I think, is to do with um, being brought out of your local context, ironically, and being reminded that you are part of a larger whole which imbues meaning, a new level of meaning and significance to what you're doing. I'm not just banging my head against this brick wall in my own tiny corner on my own. Actually, I'm part of a great chorus of people who are beating their heads against silver. But, you know, actually, and, and, and it's hugely encouraging to know that you're, you're part of a larger movement and it's a place where ideas can be cross-fertilized very usefully. Changing membership, uh, obviously, partic- not, not, not only, but particularly when there's a change of incumbent. Some very careful work needs to be done there to try to uh, make sure that the transition is as smooth as possible. Um, but for all kinds of practical reasons, not least when the person who's changed is the incumbent, that isn't always the case. But obviously, as a diocese, we're very mindful of the need to offer whatever support we can to, to address that. And periodic review. Again, local ministry development groups helped to regularly review their, pro- their progress. 
Historically, in our diocese, what happened was that there, every four years there was a single, as it were, monolithic review, which was uh, effectively a kind of a, an external inspection model review. Somebody came in uh, from the diocese and, 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 and met with a team, met with individual team members, sent out a congregational questionnaire, and then assembled all the uh, data from all of that and wrote up a, a report. Huge task, daunting task. Uh, and, and with 30 plus LMDGs, you can imagine increasingly not a tractable task. So we've moved now to a, um, a review cycle which breaks down the task in a more manageable way, hopefully, but also integrates it with the uh, encouragement uh, given by our bishops at the moment to parishes to engage in mission action planning. That's what the mapping is up there in the top left-hand corner if you've not come across it before. So, again... This is an ideal world scenario I present to you here, but nevertheless, if we don't aspire to good things, where, where will we end up? So the idea is that mission action planning, the notion of asking, you know, where is God calling us now? Corporate vocational discernment. Yes? Co- where is God calling us now is at the heart of this. And the local ministry development group, whatever else you might be involved with, our hope is that they will increasingly become the means by which, of the, by, by which the aspirations that come out of a, a mapping exercise are actioned, are actually put into practice and don't just stay on the fence. Uh, the first 18 months of the life of a new group uh, would be accompanied by one of our facilita- facilitated companions in the way I indicated earlier. Then a self-appraisal, a facilitated self-appraisal process at the end of that. A second, a second self-appraisal process, another 18 months down the road after that. And finally, um, just leading up to the end of the cycle, we're working on uh, a, some resources to offer local ministry development groups to run vocational discernment exercises within the benefits because when we were reviewing this, one of the members of the review group said, wouldn't it be great if as part of this there was a a structured opportunity for individuals to ask the question where am I with God just now? And uh, those could be individual members of the LMDG, but they could also be because we're talking about the ministry of all God's people they could also be folk from the congregations more widely Uh, and that would be a kind of like, at the moment we're looking at a kind of five session course that the uh, group itself would run for the benefits and um, our hope is that you know, vocations to OLM and readership as well as to non-licensed lay ministries of various sorts will be further encouraged by that look at that timing well. we've got half an hour left of coffee so what I'd like you to ask you to do for the next 50 minutes is go back to discussion on your tables and just talk together generally what issues or questions have been raised by John's presentation. What issues or questions has the presentation raised? And after 50 minutes, again, we'll just come back together in plenary and share your wisdom before we break for coffee. Okay? But 50 minutes to discuss the issues or questions raised by this presentation. Thank you.
Okay, if you could kindly draw to a close, please, and we will share the wisdom of the whole group. What we're looking for here are particular points, issues, or questions raised by John's presentation just now. And both what we share now and what we shared earlier, which John has kindly put up over there, you'll be able to draw on for an exercise we'll be doing together uh, after coffee. So these are all important resources for later on. Um, let's begin with Table 8 this time. Do anything particular, issues or questions arise that you'd like the rest of us to note? Table 8. Um, there were a number of them. Um, just, just give us one to start with, Caroline. Coffee's not that far off. <laughs> the last one um, was, what is the place of an OLM within the vision of a local yes. now? Yes. Important question. Thank you. Que- uh, table 7? We've got four little ones. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Let's wipe one. Just give us one little one to be gay with. Notice the last two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is casual street. Go on. Right. Just to get your attention, we'd like to say that we were impressed by the clarity of the presentation. But we do put more to we've heard the clarity, the clarity of the scene. The presentation, the issue is really important because it inspires interest and enthusiasm. Uh, and we also feel so we went on to say then that drawing attention to the biblical roots, a comment we all liked about the Claire who got Joseph, drawing attention to the biblical roots of the issues, that there's nothing new for God's pilgrim. Yes. Yes. Put more ice than always think. Well, in Hermit Diocese they do this, and in Liverpool Diocese they do that. Yes. But if you remind them that Moses did that, you know, that's something we've all got a bit of Yes, yes. Get back where we first started and know the place for the first time, yeah. Um, table 6. The apparent linkage of the LMDG cycle appears to rely entirely almost on the map. Mm. <coughs> is therefore the subcommittee of the matter? Right. Or could we say that the LMDG derives its purpose and existence um, out of the mapping exercise? Yeah, good question. Uh, next table here, table five. I'm not sure we are really answering your question, but uh, I have, uh, we have links with mapping. Okay. Yeah. Um, Christianity is relational and not an individual thing, whilst holding that alongside the discipleship of the individual. But that sort of came through the importance of people who would who understand that about it being relational. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so holding those two together, both the, de- the development of individual disciples, but also the fact that it's something we do together. Yeah. Table four. The value of the outside support that is given in a structure like this, reflected by broken dynasties who've been trying to do stuff with no support. Yes, yes, and the importance of creative and supportive relationship between the local church and wider church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Table three. Two issues about accompaniment. One is the importance of the person, the trained person, um, with wise person to accompany. And the second is about being able to get on with it. When is that an expression of trust? And when is it an expression of abandonment? Yes, yes, yes. That's a very good question, yeah. Table two. I'll take our second point first because it leads on oh, from, yeah. from that one. 
but the importance of the skills of companionship. Yes. Um, because it can so easily just become either something that's a supportive friend yeah. or something that feeds into a sort of insularity um, where it's a closed system of us defining our needs. Yes. So it's just what we like yes. and doesn't get stretched yes. further yes. into the development of yes. yes, So support doesn't mean collusion, does it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Table one. Um, who produces the map and what is the relation between the OMDG, the PCC and other members of the congregation? Mm, two and questions there, but both important. Yes. Yeah, yes. Who produces the map? I guess there's a question of ownership behind that. Is that right? Well, not, you know, uh, does the PCC produce it? Does the congregation yeah. meeting produce it? Where does it come from? Yeah. Um, and what's the word implementing it or yeah. enabling it? Yeah. Um, what's the relationship between that group, the PCC, and the wider congregation? And yeah. how do they communicate what's going on? Yeah. Thank you. And where lines of responsibility lie? Is that right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Good. Let's go around again at table eight. Anything to add? about the, the whole process of mission accompaniment. Yeah. We recognise that it, well, it turns up in the, in the ongoing critical friendship yeah. and in the particular issue of, of the mapping. And we suspect that that relationship could be uh, quite ongoing and quite regular. We don't know really where it, where it is. Mm -hmm. But certainly the style of that accompaniment and the expectations by the group of the accompanier Yes. We'd quite like to know more about because there are real issues there yeah. about whether they're wanting a white knight or whether they're yes. wanting a straight in. Yes. 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 <laughs> Thank you. So the area of expectations is very important in the company. Yes. Table seven. <coughs> um, we also picked up on the importance of training the trainers and finding the role and the right way to equip your mentors or your accompaniment. Yes. Okay. Um, the, but the first point that we have written down is actually that, that being realistic, crisis management is often a very effective trigger. We'd all like to think that the parishes want to go into local shared ministry because it's a wonderful thing to do and it's good for building up the body of Christ. But in Hereford, as in most places, it was the idea came from um, a, you know, a crisis that was yeah. looming and there's nothing like a, a crisis looming to focus yeah. people's thoughts. Yes. Yes, and yes. When it goes well, other parishes without a crisis might well want to yes. take that on. But yes. I think we have to be honest and, and, and admit that it's very often necessity, which is the mother of invention. Yeah. But still, you know, it misses as much else. Although, well, my experience is occasionally necessity can produce a vision. Yes. Rather to people's surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Table six. Exactly similar point. Parents are going to be just a simple benefit. Is, uh, is it all that tradition of necessity? And there's a little sneaky one at the bottom of that. That one. It was called, does the cathedral have a religious history? Because if it's really. Aye. The Mother Church. Yes. And they will work. Because the readers are not 
<laughs> Table five. Uh, just, just well, uh, to go out of the box, just to go home in on the word development in, in that um, the title work. And also the fact that this is circular. So we go round and round in circles. Um, it's about being ready for where and what God is calling us to after this yes. or beyond this. Yes. That this isn't. Yes. Yes. Or, there's always the yes, I picked up measuring spiral there. Uh, <laughs> but the question circle or spiral is an important one. Yes. yes. Uh, table five. Uh, no, table four. The change that has come about with greater flexibility, the, the moving away from those very fixed structured schemes that, yes. that were a, something of a prison. To, to something that meets the needs of the, the teams on the ground more yes. closely. Yes, good. Yep, thank you. Let a thousand flowers bloom. Uh, table three. Having sneaked in two last time, I don't think we have any news. <laughs> 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 Concludes the judging of this jury, the vote of the jury. Uh, table two. Um, a quick practical issue wrote up this about the difference that there might be between doing that in a benefice and in an individual parish. Right. Yes. Yes. So yes. that was the sort of what's the difference? Yes. What might be? Yes. Which raises significant issues of what do you mean by local and how people experience local? Yeah. Table one. Um, how do you cope with um, changes in the membership of the LMDG between cycles? Um, yeah. How do those new members get trained? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Important issue. Thank you. Uh, closing minutes for a coffee break. Let's have a quick one more round and see if there's anything really critical that we've missed. Table 8. Um, I don't think it's a question we discussed, but it's a question that's been picked up over there somewhere. Um, what are the local ministry development groups developing? Yeah. What can they show for it? Yeah. Okay. Table 7. Anything to add from over there? Okay, table six, anything to add? Why doesn't the BCC equal the LNT? And what's the difference between the two? Yeah, very important, thank you. Table five. Anything to add? Good, table four. Just the value of the, the long term journey with local ministry that the diocese has had, and that something that's been stuck with, and therefore. Is working still. Yeah. The value of being in for the long haul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Table three? No. Table two? Just one question came up about how this is different culturally in a place where the incumbent sees their role as enabler and servant or where they see it as director. Yes. Thank you. And whether indeed they're able to actually change their understanding of their role during the course of local ministry development. Yeah. And table one, anything to add? No. Thank you very much. These points you've raised, both now and earlier on, will be, you will see a valuable resource for what we're going to be doing after coffee. It's now 11 o'clock, so we can break. Thank you very much indeed. We reconvene at 11.30.